Marquinhos in the 17th minute. The debutante. Yes. His first, obviously his first goal for Arsenal, as it was his first game for Arsenal. So. <laughs> he's, on, he's on Arsenal. Yes. He's a 19-year-old. Uh, yeah, seemed a little bit emotional after his uh, after his 17th minute uh, goal to put the, the, I hate saying this, but the Gunners ahead. Oh, gross. Uh, uh, and to be honest, Arsenal... Rarely looked in depth today, even when Zurich leveled through a penalty for Merlin Kirizu in the 44th minute. Um, that was Inketia's mistake, but he made up for it in the second half. He uh, he scored a header um, close range, assisted by none other than Marquinhos. Um, Zurich didn't offer a lot in this game, despite the final score. Um, they their their XG was 1.18, but that's mostly inflated by the penalty. Arsenal's was 2.41. I felt it was pretty comfortable watching this throughout. Yeah, it felt comfortable. I feel 2-1 is a fair result, fair reflection of the game. Zurich were not on Arsenal's level, but they weren't so far. They weren't as bad as they've been in the league. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, their performances in the league and the performances of the Swiss League as a whole in qualifying had Mm -hmm. me very worried for Zurich's chances in this game. I thought they answered above where we probably had them slated, so props to them. And the debutant for me was the player of the game. Marquinhos was excellent, looked really good, has me a little worried that he might be a good player because I don't want Arsenal to get any more of those. Fuck Arsenal. Um, yeah, otherwise, uh, elsewhere in the group, uh, PSV hosted Butterblimt. It finished 1-1 on the day. Uh, goals in the 44th minute from Albert Gronbeck with Bodo and 62-minute equalizer from Cody Gakpo. Yeah, the Grunbeck goal was spectacular. It was a mwah, delightful. Um, I think we talked about him a little last week in the preview. We mentioned him in the, in the Palooza. Yes, he's a young attacking midfielder. He, I mean, it looks so effortless the way he just... Yeah, so what would he receive? He receives the ball out sort of to the uh, left of the box. Uh, and he finds his way about just inside the box, um, takes a really quick touch inside, and before the defender can even um, notice that the ball's been released, he's looping it over the over the keeper into the uh, into the right corner of the net. It was really, I mean, really deft, quick touch. Um, lovely bit of skill. Um, Bodo looked, I'd say, better than I thought they would in this game. Um, I wouldn't say they were the better team, but I think they earned their point. Um, they showed some moments of quality, had a couple of other half chances, despite losing the XG battle. Um, but, you know, PSV didn't quite offer enough to win this game. Uh, their goal was a really nice flick on through the lines by Villaman, former Villaman, uh, Anwar Al-Ghazi, uh, to Gakpo. And it was a deserved equalizer for sure. But, um, you know, Bodo, I think, I think deserved the point here. 
I agree. I thought they played really well. I think I had this down as a 1-1 draw in the preview. I might be making that up, though. But they played defensively the way I expected them to. Uh, They were very compact defensively. We know how well they can play defensively. But one thing I wasn't quite expecting was how much they would try to control the ball. They did a great job. They they outpassed PSV. They had more passes, so they were really doing a great job of using short passes to just control the tempo of the game and keep PSV from getting in a rhythm to be able to then go and score multiple goals. So I thought Bodo Blimp, I thought Knudsen did a great job in game planning for this one. Yeah, I want to say that, uh, yeah, the Nisaroy's men may have been a little caught off guard by the quality today. I'm not, not sure. sure they looked fully prepared. And um, this looks like it's going to be poised to come down all the way to the last it's going to be match a day, group. I think. The last game in Very Bodo, well, could I think. be the best group yes. in the, of all of them. Um, group B... Fenech Varos beating Kiev in Turkey to one. Of by Fenech Varos, you mean the Turkish team Fenerbahce? When I said Fenech Varos, I meant Fenerbahce. I've been saying Fenech Varos all fucking day. Fenerbahce in Turkey defeats Kiev two to one. Um, I think so, they're probably all pulling for Kiev here. Yeah, it's um, hard not to. Yeah, they didn't offer much today. Um, the goal they scored uh, was against the run of play in the 63rd minute. And then they held on for dear life. Um, but unfortunately, uh, off a long throw, the ball's deflected back far post. And Bakshuai, of all people, uh, newly arrived, uh, taps home, heartbreak for Kiev. Um, got a little frisky at full time between the players, I assume, because of the some of the some of the political stuff that happened the last time they played in Turkey like a month ago mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, it was definitely seemed connected to that. And some Fenerbahce fans were not well behaved. There was pictures of a couple wearing Putin masks as they entered the stadium. Uh, but I think most Fenerbahce fans were on the behavior, but it does only take one spoiled apple to ruin the bunch. So not yeah. a great look for them today. You, we, we, it seems that in general, Fenerbahce are actually more leftist than maybe some other clubs in Turkey. I don't know about, I don't know how left, but... Yeah, I mean, when you're a club that claims to have 35% yeah. of the nation supporting you, you're, you're going to get people from all over this political spectrum. It's a lot of people. Yeah. But let's not linger there. Let's not. Let's move over, not very far away, to Cyprus, where Stavren got a another late winner against AEK. This time it was Laurence Asignon, who... Tapped in the winner for Ren to take home a 2-1 victory. Max, what do you think of this game? Yeah, I think just more proof that AEK is super competitive and going to be hard to run out of the group. I think uh, I think it was a little harsh on them to finish this way. Um, Ren obviously had the more chances. Um, won the XG battle by 0.4. But uh, I thought they were very competitive today. Um, Arthur Teat. Teate? Teat. Teat. Had, uh, had quite the game in defense. He uh, he missed what virtually was, I mean, it was a difficult tap-in, but it was like... It was a tap-in. It was, it was a tap-in. He hit it off the post. I don't then, think he got clean contact on yeah. it. I they kind of rode up on him a little bit as he was going for it, but... Made up for it very soon at, thereafter with a, with a really good hit from outside the box. Yeah, one uh, of those, bottom right corner. One of the goals of the day that would only really be topped by another one in this Brilliant, game. because then... Uh, Ren scored the, the winner in the 94th minute with great quality again. 
David said it was Lorenz Asignon. He, uh, a cross comes in, kind of a hopeful cross to nobody, pretty much. Asignon sort of darts from the right side of the box into the center, beats the defender, gets really high in the air, Ronaldo style, and flicks with the outside of the boot into the net. It was a gorgeous goal. It was gorgeous. Uh, the uh, assist came from Suleimana, who also had just had a great game by himself. I'm not sure he was entirely aiming for Asignon on that one. So, no. <laughs> really difficult. It's crazy he even got to the ball from when the, where the ball was, uh, where he was when the ball was, was hit. Um, very impressive goal. Yeah, Suleimana also got credit yeah. for the assist for Teat oh, as nice. well. So, I mean, he just... That was mostly like, Teat, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was mostly Teat. Both the uh, assists, not necessarily the best play from Suleimana, but he was incredible today, so credit to him. Yeah, I will say, there. I think it's a little harsh on AK just because the quality of the two goals they conceded was so high. Um, but, uh, and they, they matched them fairly evenly. So, a little bit harsh on them, but I think this is a decent mission statement for them in the group that they're not going to be so easily put out. Um, yeah, definitely sure they can compete with every team in this group because Ren should be the favorites and mm-hmm. AK really made it difficult for them. He did. Uh, group C, so the yeah. biggest upset of the day, perhaps the greatest game of the day. Ludogorets 2-1, Roma, they've done it, the Bulgarians have done it. Yeah, snaps an 18-game Europa League losing streak. What a way to do it. What a way to do it. I just... And against Roma, of all teams, against Jose Mourinho. Jose? Mr. European competitions I himself. Know. Hold off on that second Europa League trophy. Yeah, maybe he tattoo. should be getting a new tattoo soon. Yeah. Uh, this one, scoring came late in it. It was Souza in the 72nd minute. Gave uh, Ludogorets the lead with a really nice bit of skill. He drove into the box and finished. Uh, but frankly, from a shocking... Roman defense. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Sousa has all the time in the world to just sort of just sort of wander into the box uncontested. Smalling gets turned really easily, then fades off. Somebody somebody else is tracking the I think run. it was Mancini no. was tracking the run. Yeah. She just kind of casually goes along with him, but... He has a free no, hit like nine no yards out. Yeah. Between, I assume it's Mancini. I think it was Mancini. And Smalling, just nobody saying, oh, pass on or tracking. Nothing like that. Yeah, really poor. All the time in the world, like you said. Looked like Soyonchu out there. Three Soyonchus. Yeah. Um, that's me. But, you know, yeah, um, the crowd goes crazy. Right Ludogorets so. is up 1-0. It looks like they might get there. But then in the 86th minute, Eldor Shamuradov. Uh, I almost butchered that one. No, you got that. Yeah, he heads in. He heads in uh, from the middle of the box. Uh, so draw them level. Um Jose is pretty happy. He's running up and down the sidelines. Classic Jose. Getting a draw with the Bulgarian, <laughs> dominant Bulgarian champions. It's a big deal. It's a big know? deal for Roma. It's a big deal. But then two minutes later, uh, Nanato of Ludogorets um, receives a ball from Rick. Uh, <laughs> just, Rick. Rick. just Rick. Just uh, Rick. Diagonal back in the box. He takes it two touches to his right. Uh Fires bottom left corner. Excellent finish. Great goal. But again, you're know, asking questions about the about the Roman marking, the markings here. Um, again, yeah. like pretty uncontested from how deep they are in the box. Nobody sort of steps up to deal with them. Um, it looked so easy. This one, I think it was. I'm pretty confident that this person. was Abanez. Mm-hmm. Just never steps up at all to put any type of pressure on him. It's like you said, all the time in the world, and 
Zvilar, not Roma's typical goalkeeper, but he didn't have a great game either. And There's nothing you can do about he, that one, though. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't think he was in a good position for it at the start anyway, but just yeah, a bad game Roma. Their whole defense looked yeah. terrible. Ludogratz looked really good. And this wasn't Ludogratz a total match. smashing grab. The XG is Ludogratz 1, 1.43 Roma. So it was not like they just parked the bus the whole time. They had some chances. Yeah. Um, and frankly, they deserved to win. Yeah, and the other big team in the group, Betis, they did take care of business. They won 2 nothing in Helsinki. William Jose scoring both the goals for them, one from a penalty, another in the 64th minute. He had a great game. Carvalho had a great game in the midfield. Betis just kind of dominated this one. It's yeah, not, I have nothing to say here. How much more you to add? Then, uh... I guess the artificial turf didn't didn't uh, didn't help HJK. Not today, because their XG was 0.22 to 2.9. Yeah. Uh, so Group D, Malmo, uh, nil, two Braga. Um, this one, um, I didn't get to see much of personally, but little disappointed from a Malmo perspective. I thought this would be more even in Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't offer a lot. Only 0.5 XG to Braga's 1.77. Um, Braga seemed pretty comfortable right off the jump. They got an early goal in the 30th minute uh, from Rodriguez. Orta finished off a pen in the 70th. Yeah, it doesn't look good for Malmo in this group if they're getting dominated at home, even if it is to Braga, who are probably now the favorites to top this group. But I think the issues for Malmo might get worse when we look at the next result in this group, which was Union beating Union 1 nothing. Saint Gilles scored the goal. Yes, <laughs> it was Union Saint Gilles. Do you mean to say that as confusing as you? I did. Okay, cool. Union Saint Gilles go to Berlin in front of a raucous crowd of Berliners, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. win one nothing. They scored in the thirty ninth minute from Lenin. Uh, not did they did out of the uh, Soviet fame. Oh, but, I thought you were. I thought you were gonna go with the uh, with the uh, with the Beatles, but. Well, what? we are in East Germany, I think, technically, right yeah, now. Technically, <laughs> so, yeah, technically, yeah. Union is more. based in East Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this one was pretty disappointing for me from a Berlin perspective. They really didn't threaten much. Um, nothing particularly serious. And while they technically outshot USG, they were out xg um, USG goal, goals, their goal, I should say, comes from a really nice counterattacking, actually. Something ironically Berlin-esque. Um, especially from what we've seen from them in the Bundesliga so far this season. Um, USG turns the ball over in, uh, in Berlin's, or sorry, in their own half. Fly up the flank. Uh, ball comes into Victor Oko Boniface. Uh, Boniface. And in, sort of in the center of the pitch, just outside the box. He carries it right a little bit. Lays off to Lennon, who, uh, who finishes pretty, pretty confidently. It was very clinical movement. And it was sort of the one bit of... Attacking quality in the whole game. Neither team really threatened all that seriously, I felt, other than some decent half chances. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's exactly what USG were hoping for, I'd imagine. They controlled the pace of the game more than I would have expected. Um, you got to say it's a disappointing result for, for Berlin, who, you know, obviously favored coming into this game. And now they've put themselves in a difficult position in the group uh, with a lot of, you know, a lot of tough opponents. Yeah, I... The Boniface run that set up the goal, I thought was really nice. I thought he did a great job uh, getting the ball into a dangerous position. Wonderful. Wonderful. Incredible. 
he was spectacular. They say Bonifaz, you make the best runs. And then he, he did do that. Set it up really nicely for Lennon. And yeah, I was really disappointed by Berlin as well. I do, am a bit wondering if maybe their style of play is part of the reason that they've been struggling in Europe the last... I mean, it's only been two years. And last year, they had a tough group for a Conference League group. And this year, they have a tough group for a Europa League group. They do. But even then, they should still be getting through these groups. They should be winning these games. And part of me wonders, is, is it because they're used to being the counterattacking, strong defensive team in the Bundesliga, and they play a style that there is relatively unique? Not a lot of other German teams are playing it. But when you get to Europe, these teams know how to play against teams that play like that because that is more common style in their league. So I wonder if that is something that Berlin need to adjust to and maybe come up with a different play style for when they're in Europe. And uh, the good news for them is that you have to think Braga and Malmo um, are a little more accustomed also to playing uh, heavy possession style. Yes. Um, so they might fall into the hands of Berlin a little more comfortably. But we'll have to see. They haven't proven uh, yet in their short tenure as European giants that they're uh, that they're um, that they have answers at this uh, at these stages. So we'll have to see from them as the weeks pass. And they probably were a bit tired from the weekend as well. We've seen that playing playing yeah. Bayern. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they must have used up a lot of energy against Bayern. They had a couple injuries. Yeah, yeah. and I mean we saw the effect that those week weekend games can have sometimes. I mean the Milan teams both looked dead on arrival in their games after their. Tough opponent, so we know that playing on the weekend in a big game like Union did can impact your midweek performance. So maybe it's a one-off because they were recovering from Bayern, but last year has me suspicious that that might not be the case. All right, Group B. Uh, Manchester United nil. One Real Sociedad. Um, Sociedad done and done it. Uh, I believe the commentary said this was their first ever win against an English opponent. Yeah. How is that possible? I don't know, because it feels like they've been in Europe a decent amount before, and it's not like England have always been some mythical league above the rest. I mean, in the early mid-2000s, Spanish teams were making all these deep runs, and I feel like I remember Sociedad being I guess not. around competitive <laughs> in Europe. It's just never time. happened for him. Yeah. Um, they played uh, solidly. Their winner came through a 59th-minute penalty. From Bryce Mendez. Should we talk about that? We, we should. Up? Unfortunately, uh, the main topic is going to be the game about the game following. Uh, following its conclusion is that is the penalty awarded to Real Sociedad. Um, David Silva tries to get a quick uh, left-footed shot off inside the box. Uh, Lissandro Martinez flies to block it. Um, his it hits his leg, bounces up into his elbow which is pretty close to his, not only pretty close to his body, but, you know, like, just deflected off his leg. So there's nothing he can do about it. Um, they do reward the penalty. VAR confirms United's furious. All the English punditry will be furious. And honestly, it's a pretty shitty call. I think I don't think I would have given that penalty, and it's really harsh on Martinez. Um, that said, it shouldn't be the only talking point, because United didn't play well. <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, and they didn't deserve to win. Sociedad out XG'd them 1.14 to 0.84. Um, Ten Hag rotated a lot, um, and it really showed that a lot of their attacking was pretty sluggish, I think, which is just something they have been working through in the league and improving. 
Um, but, you know, they brought in McGuire, uh, Lindelof, um, who else? Alanga started, Fred, uh, Fred started, start. and was pretty underwhelming. Um, Ronaldo, underwhelming. Ronaldo is his own can of worms, I think. Yeah, he, we'll get, I think we'll, we'll talk about him in a second. We'll get the rest of the team done first and then yeah. cycle back to him. But, but uh, yeah, Sociedad were good. I thought they weren't, like, overwhelming. They, but they do what they do. They control the pace. Um, they, I don't know if they necessarily did anything to win the game. I think uh, like a nil-nil probably would have been most suitable. Um, but they did it. Congratulations to them. It's apparently a big result. Um, yeah. Um, they're in control of the group now. Ten Hag definitely, I mean, the rotation is one thing, but I think he also experimented a little bit. I think he viewed this game as, you know, these are the two teams that should and will get through this group. It's not a must-win for United. You can come second. It's not that big a deal. So then you have to play the... Yes, but... A Champions League team. Even then, I feel like yeah. if you're a team that expects to win the tournament, you're a team that expects that you can beat whatever team drops down from the Champions League. Sure. Right? Unless it's Liverpool. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> they might be at this point. Um, so, well, United can beat Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, but he brought in two 18-year-olds closer to the end of the game, Garnacho and McNeil. Both got... Was it... It was McNeil's debut, correct? Was it Garnacho's debut? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Lysandra Martinez came in for Dallow at halftime, which was an interesting sub because it moved Lindelof over to the right, over to the yeah. right, which I didn't think worked at all. I don't think he offered anything there, and having winger or wing backs that can offer something, I think, is really important to the way Ten Hag's team plays. So I think he I don't wonder got that expectation done, and yeah, will view that and say, okay, that's not going to work. We'll have to come up with a different way. To yeah. rotate that right back spot. The right that's I think Juan Bissaka is hurt actually. Mm-hmm. Um did they have Juan Bissaka was on the bench. Oh really? Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, I don't Do they have any other right backs other than him and I Dallow? don't believe so unless they plan to the move Lindel up there. Interesting. Um Yeah, he's no John Stones. Uh yeah, I I, I have mixed feelings about bringing in the teenagers because like um I don't know, like, it worked for Arsenal, <laughs> you know, like, sometimes you, I don't mind taking those sorts of risks, getting, this is a weird game to do it when you're down 1-0, but, like, otherwise you're dipping into your starter pool for the weekend, um, and, like, they're, he's trying to bring on some, somebody that's a little, like, fresh and youthful and creative, I think, rather than, like, dipping into the pool of Rashfords, and, you know, Sancho did come on, so I don't know, I, mixed, yeah. I think he's gonna get roasted for it in the media, but I, I don't know if I hated that much. Well, he didn't even call Rashford up. So, yeah. you know, there weren't that many other attacking options they could bring on right. other than those young guys. And I agree, sometimes it can work in Europe when you're struggling and down and they come in with some energy and kind of push the squad forward a little bit just mm-hmm. by ha- having that desire to go and have a good performance for the first time. Mm-hmm. But and I like generally Ten Hag, which is, you know, something he'd done for years at Ajax, which is, you know... Trusting youth and putting yeah. a lot of confidence into them, uh, which I suppose is a long-term move more than anything, you know? Yeah. So people will bemoan the result, but um, it's probably a good thing for the club long-term. Speaking of youth, should we bring up the opposite of youth? <laughs> yeah, let's Cristiano talk Ronaldo. about Ronaldo. I really don't want to, but Ronaldo... So Ronaldo did score a header that was disallowed in the first half, but otherwise, I mean, he got into some really good positions and he got the ball in good spots, but in, in these sort of, like half-chance areas, you know? But 
He always looked to linger on the ball a little too long. Um, he has... I can't remember ever seeing this, but I think he's lacking in confidence in front of goal. That'd be a first time he looks for everything. super but... desperate. And, like, every time he gets a half chance or misses a chance, he is, like, he's screaming at himself. He's, like, he looks... It looks like he's on the verge of a psychological break. <laughs> and we've uh, seen him angry and passionate before, but you're right. This, this is does different. feel different. It feels different. Like it feels more frustration with himself and lack of, like you said, lack of confidence. Reeks of desperation, yeah. which is un- which is a little unnerving, to be honest. Someone who's always been that intense, I'm like, is he about to go home and kill somebody? Yeah. Like, <laughs> is he going to go on a rampage to the streets of Manchester? I wouldn't put it past him. I would if I had to live in Manchester. So... Um, Jeez, yeah, looks it looks a little rough. Looks a little rough for him. Uh, when was the last time Ronaldo played in the Europa League? Has he? Has, has he? he ever? Surely. Maybe. I mean, not with Real, obviously. Maybe with United. When did they drop him to third? Maybe. Maybe. Um. Maybe when he was at Sporting. Interesting. Anyway, that's an interesting thought. Um. So. Uh, ammonia. Nil. Three. Sheriff. Yeah, Ammonia did not. Ammonia played like shit. Look good. Uh, we were building them all up in the Palooza last week too, because you're like, look what they did again. Whoa, they're so good. And then Sheriff, who couldn't score a goal in qualifying, puts three past them in Cyprus. That's rough. Um, the first, the first goal was a mistake in the back for Ammonia. It got them up to a bad start. Ibrahim Akambi strikes in the second minute, um, but it didn't really get better from there. Um, Ammonia never really offered anything. Sheriff out xg him 1.85 to 0.48. Um, so, you know, kudos to Sheriff for being better than we expected, but not a good result for Ammonia. Um, Group F. This was an exciting game. Lazio 4 to Feyenoord. Yeah, this was this one got off to a really quick start, just like the last game we talked about. Sam wasn't so much a mistake, more as Lazio just started running really, rampant. Didn't yeah. It? Were really, really good right off the bat. Uh, Luis Alberto scored early, and they kept adding on. This reminded me a lot of the Napoli game where, you know, a team's up three or four at halftime. You're like, how are they only up four? Like, yeah. it felt like Lazio could be up seven or eight. It was pretty ugly for Feyenoord. They, were, they, they couldn't hold the ball. They were giving it away in bad areas. They were offering no resistance in the box. Like, people, the, lots of players were flying around them. Yeah, Lazio really controlled possession and territory in this game. And they had Vecino and Luis Alberto starting in the midfield today. So that's two guys that really like to get forward. So they were able to do that because Lazio were so on the front foot. And then Cataldi, kind of the base there, he had a good game and just preventing Feyenoord from really creating any counterattacks and allowing some stability and just moving that line further forward into Feyenoord's territory. Ironically, Feyenoord then did score twice in the second half. Yeah. And, and you know what? They won the XG battle somehow. <laughs> the 2.69 to 2.54. You know, part of that is because Feyenoord got a second half penalty. That was like a little sketch. But, like, super weird. They had more shots than Lazio. Like, how did this happen? Um, I guess, I mean, they... To, fair play to them for, like, showing up in the second half at least. Other than... You know, they did concede in the second half also right away. But, like, it, fair play to them to at least, like, making this not a game, but not embar- not totally embarrassing for them. I w- yeah, people look back at the scoreline and yeah. the result. Yeah, like, oh, well, say, oh, too many goals, but it's a lot. Yeah, I will say, like, that it, if Feyenoord are going to uh, are going to challenge Lazio at all in this group, they'll 
they'll have to show a little bit more mental fortitude than that, because Lazio are like king chokes, and <laughs> they ran pretty rampant in the first, you know, 50 minutes, so. Yeah, this is a good sign for Lazio, though. It to, is. To, for a team that, you know, you're never really that confident in group stages with, this is a good sign for It's a good statement that, that they're going to finish first in this group. Yeah. Uh, Sturm Graz, uh, elsewhere in Group F, hosted Michelin and won 1-0. Um, all the better. Yeah. This one surprised me. Not so much me. Yeah. Uh, it was Omega scored in the eighth minute for Sturm Graz. And they actually had a chance to add to the lead with a penalty in the 42nd minute that was missed by Horvat. Or uh, saved, uh, I should say. Yeah, it was saved. Um, but yeah, they started really quickly. This A lot of games started really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really nice low cross from Dante who got the ball over on the left wing, and Mega was there just to kind of tap it past the keeper. If you want to see an interesting play, though, the penalty was really fascinating work by the defender, who I don't remember who it was, but the attacker kind of settles the ball Yeah, I've down. not seen this strategy before, really. No, it's a very unique. It's one-of-a-kind defending. Mm-hmm. Hopefully more people take it up. Mm-hmm. But the, defender, the attacker kind of brings the ball down off his chest. He's facing away from the goal near the corner of the penalty box. The far corner, like the mm-hmm. the toward midfield corner of the sure. penalty box. <laughs> well and said. the defender reaches around him, kind of smacks the ball away, and then WWE tackles it <laughs> to the ground. Uh, uh, and when they say ball don't lie, the ball lied. <laughs> this, it, you was, know what? It worked, didn't it? It did. It did it, not score. He didn't get a red card either. He got a yellow <laughs> card, which, you know, I think was fair. None of the play was super malicious. It was just yeah. a and, whole uh, mess. And, uh... It contributed the missed penalty to Sturm Graz's uh, intense XG advantage, uh, 2.59 to 0.62. Michelin didn't have a lot going on here. Um, yeah, this, the pen inflates the XG a little bit for Sturm Graz, but even r- without that, they lost this game and deserved to win by more. Yeah. Um, yeah Good sign for them. And Michelin didn't have anything until nothing. the second yellow for Hirlander, and even mm-hmm. that, they weren't really offering too much. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a... Uh, Bit of an issue for them moving forward if because Sturm Graz is their primary third place competition to move on in Europe and uh, it's not a good sign. Let's uh, move to Group G, yeah. where Freiburg hosted Karabag and won two to one. Um, another game that was surprisingly only a one goal advantage for Freiburg. Um, uh, Vincenzo Grifo slotted home a pen. Oh, seventh minute, Forza, whatever. Uh, Ritsu Doan, fifteen uh, minute. Uh, in the 15th minute, added a second. Um, really nice goal from him as well. Really nice finish. Um, and then Marko Vesevich of Karabag going back in the 39th. Um, it was a bit of a, it was obviously against the run of play, a bit of a surprise. But And then Freiburg never really put the game to bed, uh, despite comfortably winning the XG battle. But, you know, Karabag had some shots. They seemed to offer a little bit. Um, just nothing, like, particularly dangerous. Yeah, um, Freiburg definitely just let them yeah. hang around. And it's a little ner- unnerving for the team at the top of the table, the Bundesliga. It's an unusual uh, European con- contestant. Yeah, well, to be fair, fair. it so, looked like they might come back though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, still playing a team like Barbag, you expect them to be able to take care of business at home. Maybe on the road, you expect some trouble, but back in Freiburg, they really should have done better. I thought um, one of the better crowds. Oh yeah, the crowd was great. The penalty given was a little 
there was some conversation around it. I think it is a penalty, though. So Freiburg whipping in a corner, and Begiramov from Karabag elbows Ginter as Ginter comes kind of flying in. Like he's not really in control of his own body. Feels harsh to give it on Begiramov, but he does just kind of stick the elbow out into Ginter's face. The ball was also already well past him at the time of this, so it's one of those where if it's anywhere else on the field, it's an easy call. Mm-hmm. And there's no conversation about it. Sure. But because it's in the in the box and the result is a penalty, it feels really, really harsh to give that advantage to Freiburg. But you got to know where you are when you're doing things like that. So Yeah. Um, also, a normally solid keeper, Flecken kind of made an error on the carry back goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe Freiburg at least off and running in the group. Maybe they shed a couple of early European nerves. Uh, Nons, meanwhile... Hosted Olympiacos, won two to one on their re- first re- on their return to Europe after twenty one years absent. Years, wow! How about that? I had no idea it was that long. Yeah, it's been a really long time for Non. Full credit to their manager who used to play for them as well, so he really gets the club. I thought he what's his name? Game. Look, no. Yeah, what's his name, David? We literally talked. It's uh, Kumbare. We talked about yeah. him on the preview. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. done a great job since getting there. He's won the cup. Yeah. Um, so uh, maybe they'll pose more of a threat in this competition than we originally yeah, had them slated for. Maybe underestimated them a little bit. Um, they are on the up as a as a club the last couple of years. They, um, even though they only finished, I think it was tenth. Was tenth, but year. that was still an improvement from where they'd been right. a couple of years before that, right. fighting against relegation. Yes, they're so. Hopefully, their upward trajectory continues. But not only did they win today, but they super deserved it. Totally outplayed Olympiacos, in my opinion. Uh, Olympiacos had three shots in the entire game yeah. and none on target. Um, yeah, Nantes did win at the very end. It was Wesson in the 93rd minute who scored the winner. It was a really nice header. Uh, Olympiacos are just kind of tracking back, you know, going, not really going like that full speed, kind of thinking, okay, Nantes are going to whip this probably back post and we're behind them already. And they kind of catch them by surprise by going back toward the top of the box, and we saw heads it right to the bottom right corner. It's a really nice header. Really good header. Yeah. Sends Especially the crowd into a frenzy, oh. which was already at a at, at, at borderline peak frenziness throughout. Yeah, wouldn't uh, surprise me if there was an earthquake registered yeah. around Nantes. The, the fitting of around. the occasion there. Uh, respect for making it such a big deal. Um, and yeah, they had a goal disallowed too before, so uh, definitely deserved that. One of the better moments of, of the day, I think. Yeah. And, well, Olympiacos do deserve some credit for defending pretty well. They kept not who were on the front foot most of the game from having a ton of really big chances. They will definitely be disappointed. Three shots. Come with on. their performance. Yeah, they offered almost nothing going forward. And you know what? We've seen this they, problem with Olympiacos in weeks past. So Yeah, but um, in weeks past, they've had moments where they've been super wasteful, too. So yeah, they're not right. a team that can survive on three shots. They need to get chances they need to create chances and they just invited way too much pressure and yep. you're Olympiacos you're a team that should be fighting in Champions League groups not in Europa League groups you're already disappointed to be here you can't be scared of a team like Nantes you, you have know to what happens next week what happens next week they host Freiburg ooh that'll be a big game so yeah they, yeah any result next week uh, Group H Red Star nil 1 Monaco uh, Bray Limbolo, the Swiss international, putting through a penalty in the 74th minute. Um, 
which looked like we watched it again recently. Doesn't look like a penalty at all. No. Looks pretty harsh. I know the Red Star fans are furious. And rightfully so, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, uh, it was a pretty even encounter, I'd say. Um, nothing, like, crazy, extravagant happened. No, I'd say Red Star etched it for me until the penalty. Uh, but, yeah, they weren't able to score, which you have yeah. to do when you it's have... It's too bad to see a game end that way. Uh, nil-nil probably would have been the fair result. Um, Ferenc Vados hosting Trabzonspor and winning 3-2. This one really popped off. Um, Ferenc Vados scored in just the fifth minute through Tokmak Chol Nguyen. 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 I think. Uh, That's how we would say yeah. it. the why there. But. Yeah. And then, uh, well, they had started strong and were kind of bossing the game. Elder Sivic decides to go and get himself the stupidest red card in just the 16th minute. Yeah. And you think, well, the Turkish champions, like, you know, They'll on the road in a game, this. you think they might already get a result. Um, incorrect. They immediately concede in the 29th. Adama Traore, a formerly of Sheriff fame last year. Not formerly of Wolves fame. Not formerly and currently of Wolves fame. Uh, puts him up 2-0. Maxi Gomez, of all people, drags Tribes and Sport back in the game by halftime. Really nice finish. Yeah, 39th Gomez. minute. And then... You think no problem going into half. 2-1, that's a good place to be. Immediately conceded new win again, the 44th. Um, Umut Bazuk uh, scores to, again, limit the deficit to 1 in the 71st, but they never found the equalizer. And in fact, Fenech Vados won the XG 2.06 to 1.43, which you never want to do when you're playing against 10 men for most of the game. <laughs> yeah, and well, you know, XG doesn't tell the whole story. It does really add on when you look at the shot numbers. Indeed. Ferenc Baros had 11 shots and an XG of over two. Mm-hmm. So each of their shots is something that is really threatening to Trabzonspor. Well, Trabzonspor had 1.4 XG and 23 shots. So almost none of their shots were a high XG. Not, nothing was really that scary for Ferenc Baros, especially because Maxi Gomez's. I don't know what the XG number was on that, but I imagine it was really high because he was in a great position when he took that shot. So, just not a good game. Super weird Trap game. Sport, you expect better. Super strange game. Uh, yeah, puts them in a little bit of a tough position now, having faced what most people would consider the weakest team in the group and having a golden opportunity and and kind of blowing it. So now they got an uphill battle to climb. And it just shows you can never really go on the road in these competitions mm-hmm. and ex- expect an easy day. Indeed. It seems always Even when you're playing 10 men. Uh, so that does it for the Europa League, actually. Um, we're gonna and, uh, before we transition, I did check whether Ronaldo uh-huh. had played in the Europa League before, and he had, kind of. It was the UEFA Cup. So, it was mm. before it was the Europa League, it was, according to this, all the way back in the 2002-2003 season. With Sporting? With Sporting. Wow. And he and they went out to Partizan 3-3 after extra time. Wow. And he did pick up an assist in that matchup. But, Hell Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a while. For <laughs> what was he, like 18, 19? It's been 20 years. He was probably 18, yeah. yeah. Wow, crazy. Um, so in the Conference League, start with Group A. Fiorentina, 1. RFS, 1. Oh, my God. The other real shocker of the day. Uh, classic Fiorentina. Yeah, uh, they dominated this game, but just like in the league, they couldn't finish. They had 
Nothing. They had an XG of 3.34. And one goal. <laughs> and one goal. RFS, to their credit, did have 1.59 XG as well. If you're going to let up some good chances in for fact, RFS. In fact, before RFS scored in the 74th minute, they had a big one-on-one with the keeper, which they which they missed, which Galini saved. Um, but, yikes. Yeah. I mean, the number of chances. Like, in the first half alone, they could have had, a hat, you know, three... Three. Cabral yeah. missed a bunch. Cabral missed. Barak hit the post in the first half. Yeah. Uh, there were a, Barak had another one. It was a great save by RFS's keeper. Mm. Uh, Golini, when RFS did score, really kind of should have done better. I thought that was yeah. a very saveable ball for him. But this is just like Fiorentina. You know, they dominated mm-hmm. the game and couldn't finish. But and they mentioned need to uh, find some stability yeah. in this front line. Uh, all the chopping and changing that Italiano has been doing is not allowing anybody to get into form. And I know that nobody's taken their chances and really, you know, grabbed the bull by the horns and said, okay, I'm the guy. Except maybe Barack, but he's in the midfield. Anyway. So, oh, yeah, because he was so good today. He's always good. Um, uh, so, yeah, tough one. They had 32 shots. Uh, again, 3.34 XG. Uh and you know their 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 crowd of a thousand people was very disappointed today. Yeah, yeah, it didn't have a <laughs> didn't turn out for the think, for the for the Riga game, I guess. I think they expected a bit of a walkthrough yeah. on some Thursday night, and they said, eh, yeah, I'm "Sure, we'll not... win by five or six. It's not worth going." Yeah. And they missed. That's right. Really good performance from RFS. And then again, this is the easiest game that they'll have in the group in theory at home versus RFS. Uh, Hearts and Bashakshir will be tougher. Hearts might be an easier. Hearts might be <laughs> after this performance. What a transition! Hearts today getting absolutely dominated at Time Castle. Nil for Bashakshir wins. Uh, this one was never. <laughs> this one was never close. Although you know the second didn't come until the sixty seventh, but Hearts offered so little here. Four shots, two on target. Not good. Yeah, we talked about Bertrand Traore getting to run at some of those Hearts defenders who aren't the quickest, and it, came to did. fruition. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the whole team, Bishakshi, who just dominated this game. Hearts, to be fair, have a bunch of injuries right now. Yes. They're not in good. Did Snodgrass play? I don't believe he did. <laughs> New signing, Robert Snodgrass. Yeah, uh, the king of of yo-yoing in the in the in the Premier League in the Championship. But anyway, rough one for them. Uh, I don't remember which they have next, but. It can't get easier they, with Fiorentina. On the hearts are host. No, uh, they're going to RFS. Okay, well, which, it could be tough because that's a long way to go. Yeah, and, but and they just showed out a little bit. You know, it's not a it's not a sure thing, especially after what we saw today. Uh, Group B: Anderlecht one nil Silkborg. Uh, another pretty cut and dry one, I think. Although it took uh, Anderlecht until the eighty first minute to score uh, with the penalty via Wolves Loney Fabio Silva. Um, who got at least his fourth goal of the season. It might be more. Um, I don't know if we need to talk about this one much. Silkeborg, as you sort of talked about in the preview the other day, um, you know, pretty a little bit ponderous, I think, in build-up, and doesn't necessarily translate to this particular level very well. Yeah. Um, they didn't really do much. Underleg still can't fucking score, but they deserve... You get five shots on target yeah. and... 14 shots against a pretty mediocre defense. Yeah. You'll find one eventually. They deserve this. Um, West Ham 3 won Stout Bucharest. Yeah, West Ham might not have, might not deserved, have deserved this one result. so much. Yeah, they may have gotten a little, little lucky yet. They didn't look particularly great. Uh, I thought you know, they played fine for the most part, but 
South Bucharest were up one nothing following a Cordea goal in the thirty fourth minute. All the way shocked the shocked the West Londoners. Yeah, they were up all the way into the sixty eighth minute when a fairly controversial penalty was called. And by controversial, I mean wrong. It was a bad <laughs> call. The Tornovo Tornovanu, the uh, South Bucharest goalkeeper, and Cornet went up for the ball. Tornovanu catches oh, yeah, the ball. Right. He has both his hands are on the ball. And did he have both his hands? He had on both the ball? his hands on the ball when okay. made I didn't see that in particular, but what I did see is I mean, him, him getting the ball first. Yeah, he he gets the ball and then the head. So by getting the ball first, it shouldn't be yes, a penalty. It should not have been a You'd penalty, think, especially because I mean, it was a fifty-fifty ball, and whoever gets the ball first sort of has the right to the foul call, and in, is usually how it goes, right? Yes. And he got the he, he hit the ball first, so yeah. And I mean, we hope Corne is okay. He took. It was a Did big he collision. Off? He went off. Cornelius mm. came on for him. It was a big collision, so we hope Cornet is okay. But definitely the wrong call, in my opinion. I think it was a pretty easy call that it was Cornet committing the foul there. But they call it the other way, and West Ham convert the penalty. Jared Bowen puts it in, and then they come right back. And they score again pretty quickly after that. Emerson got the finishing touches after Antonio... Lays it off to him. He received the ball from a very offsides position, but the ball was played back there by a South Bucharest defender. Although I'm sure their fans will argue that it was a deflection as he was kind of going for the ball at the same time as the West Ham player was, but he's definitely intending to play it backwards. So I think it's a fair call. And from that point, South Bucharest looked at this kind of gave up and West Ham were able to tap in a third. It was Antonio getting his deserved goal on the day I thought he was really good after he came on, offered a lot more than Skamaka did today. But, yeah, West Ham, not their best performance. They'll no. have to be better, I think, if they continue they their sort of uh, shaky start to the year, especially in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Um, took them, yeah, took them too long to score today. And you wonder, like, you kind of assume they would have at least gotten the breakthrough, but would they win? I don't know. Um, so, Group C, Villarreal, 4 Three Lech. This was a bit of a shocker as well, even though Villarreal did get the result. They're actually out XG'd by Lech today at home. 0.99 to 1.82. They only had 0.99? Yeah. Four goals. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to get to it because uh, it, Lech took a shock lead in the second minute through Mikhail Skoras. It was a mistake by the Villarreal back line. I forget the player. I think it was right back who gave the ball away cheaply outside the box. And Lech score. Um, Chukueze tagged him back in the 32nd with a lovely finish oh, with the left side of his, yeah, on the volley. Um, Alex Baina in the 36th puts him up 2-1, and then it puts him up 3-1 in the 40th by halftime, and you're like, all right, well, you know, awkward start. Villarreal are good. They're winning this comfortably. Villarreal immediately conceded a penalty on the other side of halftime. Uh, draw it back to 3-2. You're still like, all right, well, they fucked up, like, sloppy game. Uh, they'll see it out. Then they concede it again. The equalizer. Uh, Ishak. Big boy. <laughs> scores again. Um, only for Coquelin, Francis Coquelin, to steal it late for Villarreal with another lovely finish in the 89th minute. Uh, Lech will feel super hard done here. They played really well. I'm, of course, like they got a little lucky get with the two mistakes of Villarreal, but you take what's given to you. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take your opportunities. He scored three goals at, at the at the you know the Europa League champions of 
recent history. Yeah, and a team that was in the Champions League semifinals last yeah. year. Uh, I mean, who saw that? This is clearly, I think, a case of Villarreal, like, not getting their mind right for, you know, not getting up for this game. Um, but, you know, I just, this is why it's so great about the Europa League and the Conference League. You can never really sleep on anybody if, if, if you're not prepared. Yeah, it was um, a really rotated squad. Moreno, mm-hmm. Capue, Pareo, uh, Ruli, Lo Celso, Pino all started on the bench, right? Most of them came on by the end because you have to get the three points. You have mm-hmm. to make sure you win. But very rotated lineup by Villarreal, and Lech played really well to take advantage of that because they gave them a run for their money. Shame they couldn't get at least a point out of this. It would have been big for them. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's an opportunity because neither Austria or Hapoel Beersheba looked particularly good in their game. No, they did not. It was a pretty dull... A fair... Nil-nil. Yeah, Austria, probably the better team overall. Did Bishop, By default. Yeah, Bishop, I don't think they got a shot on target. They did, did not. Yeah, so this was one where we said we are really interested because Bishop haven't seen a ton of them this season, and we weren't actually yeah. interested once it started. Yeah, it was like it was too <laughs> it was hard to pay dull. attention. They barely managed to combine next year over one. Yeah. They sucked, both of them. Um, again, problems for Austria Vienna doing anything. <laughs> As we've seen before and talked about, uh, Beersheba will we'll have to, the jury's still out, I guess. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, so uh, let's move on to Group D, where Nice and Cologne played to a 1-1 draw. However, that was hardly the story of the day, unfortunately. No, the story of the day was definitely the fan trouble in the stands before the game caused a pretty lengthy delay for kickoff. Uh, the Cologne and Nice fans got into it. You know, at least two fans were severely injured. We don't know their conditions, I don't think. No, not at this time. But we're not journalists, so it's not really our responsibility. Yeah, we probably will tweet about it, yeah. maybe, when we find... Hopefully when everyone's okay. Yeah. Um, and we're learning more about it as it comes out, so you'll have to bear with us since we're... We don't really have any facts before we throw around uh, yeah, we don't allegations. Throw accusations. Yeah. There were reports that the second man was stabbed, which is yeah. pretty scary. That from what we can tell for the videos, though, like there were there were Nice and Cologne supporters that were going after each other um, between the away and the home ends. Um, it looked pretty ugly. There's a video somebody captured of uh, I don't remember what supporter, what side of the support he was, but he was getting sort of beat by a. By by Stewart, Stewart in the head bad. multiple times. Not a good look. It's just another example of uh, of French football seemingly unable to police or control fan behavior in the grounds. Um, saw this a ton last year in the league. Yeah. Saint Etienne, Marseille, Nice, Marseille, Nice, Nice a couple of times. Uh, Lyon, I think. Like even the Champions League final. And the was Champions League final. The French football authorities not organizing it well and then tried to blame it on liverpool fans (laughs) so it was it was ugly um the game was better um yeah cole dominated pretty easy game or pretty even game i should say cole dominated the first half uh scored in the 19th minute from tigas i believe is that how you say that i don't know um (laughs) it was an easy goal for him close range but through all their domination, you felt like they needed to do a little more. They needed to get a second. Mm-hmm. They and looked like they could. Never happened. But they didn't. And in the second half, Nice came out totally different squad. To save Lucien Favre's job. <laughs> same 11, totally different players. Uh-huh. So they dominated and got a handball call that resulted in a Delort penalty, which he converted. 
pretty come dry handball. Hand was sticking out behind the defender's back. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy call for the referee. I think, though, if you're calm, you probably take this result. Yeah, yeah I'd I say think so. yesterday you would have said. Especially with the delay. Yeah. Yeah, you take the 1 1 for I sure. I think yesterday you would have said, you know, going to France, getting him back with a point. Yeah, I agree. That'd be pretty good, especially because we can beat Lech and we can beat Col- Nice at home. I agree. Or not Lech, we can beat Slovakia and Partizan. They probably could also home. beat Lech at home. Yeah, I was looking at the wrong group for a second. Um, so, Slovakia, the other side of Group D, hosted Partizan. They drew 3 3, which in and of itself seems like an exciting game, but it didn't even scratch the surface. <laughs> Um, well, shit. Slovakia got off to a flying start, going up 2-0, and then Christian Belich of Partizan got a 22nd minute straight red, and, well, that's the game, right? You'd be wrong, because as soon as halftime, the second half begins, Sene Diabate uh, puts uh, Pab Slovakia's lead um, 2-1. It was a you know, kind of snuck in from a shot outside the box. The keeper was unsighted. It was pretty much in the center of the goal, but it sneaks in. 2-1, whatever. Second goal took, like, a double, triple, crazy deflection uh, with a shocking equalizer. The third goal was a little more deserved, perhaps. Um, uh, uh, What's his name? Ricardo Gomez scored his sixth goal of the season. Uh, to give them a shock lead, it was their third goal on three shots when that third when that went in in the 62nd minute. Partizan fought back and did equalize in the 83rd through Libor Kozak. Um, it was a, a ball that was it was a messy goal. Ball bounced around the box a bunch of times, falling across. Kozak was able to sort of loop it in via deflection. Uh, you have to say a deserved <laughs> equalizer at that point. Yes. Uh, I think Slovakia were, were easy unlucky with those first two goals, but still, if you're conceding three times against ten men, uh, you have to look at yourself as well. Um, this one will really hurt for Slovakia, as you kind of have to feel this is their best chance by far that they'll get in the group to win <laughs> a game. Um, two nil up at home against ten men in the after twenty two minutes, but um, on the positive side, maybe it shows that they can compete a little more than we thought, but. You have to feel like they blew their biggest opportunity at three points. Um, but hey, they're just happy to be here. Yeah, this is one of those games that I think epitomizes why I picked Partizan to get out of this group because their ability, yeah. their ability to just back their way into a result when they had absolutely no right to get the result is up there with teams like Atletico. Dude, yeah, like, yeah. they're so good at doing this, and Dude, yeah, and I feel like you know this kind of shows that you can't take your foot off the, the gas. The of Serbia, yeah. You can't take your foot off the gas against a team like Partizan. Pretty incredible for them. I get they'll be pretty thrilled with that result, um, but they won't be thrilled they went down two 0 in the first place in a group where you'd have to think they don't have a great chance of coming out first or second. Um, yeah, they're going to have to fight yeah. for everything, and not getting a win is definitely uh, not the best result yeah. for them. But given the circumstances, take you take the point. Group E. Vaduz, nil, nil, Apollon. We fucking told you don't mess with Vaduz. Mm-hmm. Very few chances in this game. Good job, Vaduz. Yeah, they uh, were pretty even with Apollon. Good yeah, result I'd say them. so. Not a lot of chances. No. Uh, Dini Pro, 1, nil. Genie Pro, 1, nil. Genie Pro, 1, nil. Nil, 1. Genie Pro, 1, nil. 1, AZ Alkmaar. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! AZ Alkmaar beat Dini Pro, 1 by a score they did. of 1 to nothing. 
off of a Danny DeWitt goal in the sixty-third. We talked about it in the Palooza. He's good. He's a good player. He's good. They AZ, AZ really did not have a ton of chances in this game. They only had eight shots, one on target, 0. .54. Or excuse me, I'm totally looking at the wrong game. They had seven <laughs> shots, three on target, and 0. .84 xG. Um, you'd expect more. Mm-hmm. Against Diddy Pro, but uh, Diddy Pro offered even less. So, yeah. and um, you get the three points, move on. You yeah. think we'll, we'll probably, probably win right our next win. game as well. Whatever. So. Group F: Molda nil nil. Gent nil goals none. Uh, Molda doubled against XG one to point five approximately. Uh, but another bit of a snooze here. My um, guess is neither team will really complain about the result. Maybe you want to seize your opportunity if you're Molda. Against a technically a larger team in Belgium, but I think whatever too. They're they're probably gonna both go through anyway. So yeah, Molda came into this in great form. Yeah, as well, and again, obviously have not been in good form, losing to Ammonia twice and not having the best start in the league. So I think Molda will be very disappointed that they didn't manage to get that goal mm-hmm. and take this one. Yeah, um, they didn't like dominate or anything though. You know? No, no, I don't think. I wasn't trying to say that. Slightly but, uninspired at a little bit across the board, yeah. I think. More that they'd be disappointed based on how they thought they should play coming into right. this game. Lesser than their actual play, which was right. not that not that great. The other game of this group also finished nil nil for a grand total of zero goals in group F today. Woo! That one was Shamrock and Jur Gardens in Ireland. Another Shamrock. cracking one total XG between the two games. Wow. Shamrock get their first ever European group stage points. How delightful. Good for them. Uh, we saw how defensively tough they can be. Uh, we talked about it in the qualifiers as well. You know, going to Shamrock, they play good defense at home. And they took a very defensive approach to this. They benched Byrne, Gaffney, and Burke were three of their... Not Gaffney. No. They you benched... Don't them. say. They benched three of their more attacking players to put on for more defensive versions of them to start the game and really said, all right, try to score against us in the first half. And, you know, your Gardens couldn't. And then right after halftime, they kind of came out a little more, got a long ball over the top to, um, who was it? It was Aaron Green ran on, I believe, and then they played the ball back to, um, well, I don't remember who it was. I don't either. But Bryce Hewton came this up your big. your job. It was. Bryce Hewton came up big and made the save. On Rasputin? Vars, Vasutin. Okay. Vasutin. Cool. He came up with I didn't know he was alive. Yeah. And then in the 60th minute, they brought all their big attackers on and looked to kind of push for that last goal, use the long ball, some fresh legs. And they had another chance. Vasutin made another save as well. But Jur Gardens held strong. Uh, they were not for want of chances either. They had a really good one early on after a Dan Cleary. Mistake kind of slipped over the ball, and nice. Ed Barson got there and decided not to pass to Asora, who was wide open. Oh, no. but your favorite um, player? I do like Asora. Oh, I thought you said Edvardson. Oh, Edvardson's the striker, and yeah. he decided not to pass to Asora. No, never mind. Your favorite player is the center back. Yeah, I like Ekdal. Yeah, Ekdal's yeah. great. I think he had a good game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he shot it, and it was kind of uh, not a great shot. It was from too far out. Didn't need to be from that far out. Uh, so both teams could have scored, but neither team did, and it ended nil nil. Good there performance from Shamrock, I think. There you, you go. Know, get a point in a group stage against a team that is definitely a bigger team. 
mm-hmm. protected their house, showed that oh, you, yeah. know, you can't come into higher than expected to be easy for you. Yeah, and uh, as we might have mentioned earlier in the in the Palooza or the preview, um, you know, second and third could come down to, you know, who picks up the maximum points in places like Shamro. Um, so, Jure Gardens, uh, not a great place, sorry. No. Uh, group G, Sivaspor 1, 1, Slavia, Prague. Um, Slavia should have romped this game, but Sivaspor managed to hang on to the draw. Uh, Sivaspor is outshot 29 to 7, and out XG 2.48 to 0.62. Um, Sivaspor also did pick up a red card in the 91st. Um, yeah, lucky to get away with this one, um, but I'm sure they'll take that point against the toughest team in the group. Um, Balkani won, one Cluj. Um, Balkani keeps ticking along here. Um, got their first ever point in the European group stage. First ever Kosovan point in yeah. the European group stage. I'm sure Even bigger than Shamrock. I'm sure they would have loved uh, the three points because Cluj didn't equalize until the 91st. Um, so they'll feel a little disappointed by that, but uh, to be honest, they probably didn't deserve to win. <laughs> Uh, group H, Basel 3, 1, Punic. Um, took Basel a little while to get going, but once they did in the second half, Budaberger on the double uh, to uh, round out a pretty comprehensive win. Yep. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah. And finally, Slovan Bratislava nil. Nil Zagoris. We fucking warned you that Slovan were underwhelming as shit. And that Zagoris, I think I said, were better than you'd think. Uh, Zagoris actually had a higher XG today and could have won. Yeah, higher XG with only one shot on goal, too. I know, <laughs> must have been a hell of a good shot. Yeah. Uh, um, kudos to Zagris, they're not an easy out. Um, look not. out for them actually competing for second, as I predicted in this And game. this was on the road to Zagris, so... Yes, it was. Going to them is going to be... Good sign. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? Dude, that wraps up the fucking groups, yeah. Should we do our run-through? Yes, what are... Uh... So we're doing a little bit of different different thing today than we've been doing in the past. Um, for our run-down, you know, the biggest surprises, best kits, blah, blah, blah. We're actually going to list five of them and then pick one instead of being uh, being uh, indecisive little assholes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually make us do some do some takes. All right. So let's do it. Biggest surprises. The five that I will not... The candidates are... They're going to be Lech. Lech. In defeat. Ludo Goretz for taking out Roma. RFS for getting a draw in Florence. Sheriff for the way they beat Ammonia. And Shamrock for holding out against your gardens. Wow, and the and the AGT award goes to Ludigarets. Whoa, so unpredictable. So no one saw that coming. Who saw that coming? Uh yeah, obviously. Duh. Uh how about this might be a new one we're doing this week. Best fans of the day. We saw some bad fan behavior, but let's celebrate the good. Our nominees are Nantes, Union Berlin. Zurich, Ludigaretz, and the Lech Road fans who are having an absolute blast in Villarreal, so kudos to them. But I think we have to say the award goes to... This award goes to Nantes. Yeah, yeah, they were incredible out there. And on the occasion, yeah, they really made it special. Good for them. Um, These next two are going to be just for Max, our local kit expert. Yeah, I'm the fashion guy. Yeah. Fashion man. He knows how to wear things other than jeans. I'm a fashion man. And a plain colored t-shirt. Fashion boy. So the five nominees today for the best kit are the Union Berlin home jerseys, the Nantes home kits, the AEK home kits, Trabzon Spores, 
home kits, even though they played on the road, they wore their home kits, and United's homes. So, really quick takes here. I I hate that the United kits are good, but I think Adidas did a really pretty job with the homes this year. Trabzons were uh, sort of riding on the back of their color scheme, which is the Clarendon Blue, but rather than the English Clarendon Blue teams that have usually a solid like shirt and then different sleeve color, they have these really nice block stripes. Sometimes it's a half and half. In this case, I think it's three stripes. Looks great. AEK is a really lovely green and yellow. You know I'm obsessed with yellow, which is why Nons is on here as well. I think they have a really sharp, pretty color, pretty shade of yellow. But the award for me goes to Union Berlin, who have a lovely red and white striped home kit this year. Uh, big fans of them. They're really clean and vibrant. They're worthy of the occasion. Now for away kit, for worst kits? Yeah, for worst kits, our five nominees. We're going to go with the Feyenoord away kit. The Ferenc Barros home kit. Sheriffs. I believe they were their home kits. They, I don't know if they're home and away. They're just yeah. fucking black. Yeah. <laughs> the Stalbukrest away kits and the Betis away kits. So the Sheriff kits are literally just, they look like what I wore in like when I was five in AYSO. <laughs> they're just like a plain black Adidas t-shirt basically with some white trim. I don't know how that's the case. Beats, watching them beat Madrid last year in those is hilarious. The Finnish Vados, um, while they do have lovely green and white striped kits, um, there was something really flawed. You see what I mean? But the sheriff kit, there's yeah. something it's so bad. There's something uh, really disappointing about the way the sponsor rests. Mm-hmm. It looks like rather than sort of working with the sponsor on the shirt, it looks like they just slapped like a piece of tape with the sponsor over the <laughs> over the stripes, so they get points off there. The style Brucharest kits are just like two shades of blue that are just, that's it. Like, <laughs> there's no real thought there. Feyenoord has this really strange, like, like pink and black in itself is a good color combo. The base is black, but the trim shape and is really lazy from Adidas and also kind of looks like a shitty, like, club soccer kit from high school. Um, but the winner for me is Real Betis because they were basically an Ivory Coast kit, um, <laughs> but with worse trim, um, with that bright orange and green. And it doesn't really... Despite the hints of green, that's a particularly screen Betis. Um, I just think it's ugly as shit. Yeah, I am definitely with you on the Betis jersey for the main reason being it. I look at that and have no idea that, that Betis are playing. I know. I feel like the best away kits, um, well, you know, there are clubs like Arsenal or whatever that have a tie to a certain thing, like that yellow, mm-hmm. that sort of shade of yellow um, or blue. Um, but I think regardless of whether it's a common color for you or not, you should be able to look at that kit and understand why it, it looks the way it does. And that I, fails on all accounts. I really wanted to like that fine art kit too, because I it's think good, black It's and good pink, colors. Black and pink. Inter Miami pulls it off. Oh, so well. Um, but really pulled them up as a reference. Yeah. Like, this is what it could be But it was a bad well. shade of pink. Like, that's a nice lighter shade. Anyway, we're getting out of track here. So, uh, let's go to most impressive performance of the day. Um, the nominees are... Lek, Lazio, Sanjuaz, and Ludogorets. All right. Um, Who's our winner? Well, this is a tough one. You know, all those teams played really, really well. Uh, Ludogorets feels like the easy choice because they beat Roma, and they deserve to be in that game, deserved at least a draw. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with Sanjuaz. All right. Uh, Upset yeah. pick. Yeah, uh, this isn't meant to be like, oh, Little Rex wasn't impressive mm-hmm. beating Roma, but it just feels more like Roma were so bad yeah. at times, and Sancho Wild just felt like they outplayed. They don't need two awards. Berlin. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, great road, three points. How about most disappointing performance of the day? As our nominees here, we're going to have West Ham. Didn't have a shot on target until the penalty. Uh, Roma, because that was awful. Yeah. Uh, United. Mm -hmm. Ammonia. Mm -hmm. And Union Berlin. So, all disappointing. Um, I'd say it's, for me, it's between Roma and Ammonia. And... It's Roma. <laughs> I really wanted to pick Ammonia for it to be a mixture, yeah. but it's, it's Roma. Yeah. Uh, I feel bad including United because I thought their performance was substantially above the other four. And I ran out of people group, with terrible performances. Yeah, I had to put a fifth in here. Yeah. Uh, so how about country that won the day? Ooh. Our uh, nominees are France, uh, España, Switzerland, Belgium, and Ireland. Yeah, Ireland. Uh, Shamrock's first group stage point. Who put Kosovo? Kosovo in there. Kosovo. I mean, you had you slipped into a little like California, Californication thing there. Yeah, I don't know God, where that uh, came from, but little valley. Uh, Belgium, Anderlecht and Saint Giroux both won. Ghent got a draw on the road, so pretty impressive results from them. Even if Anderlecht's performance wasn't maybe the most inspiring. Nor Ghent's. Yeah, uh, Switzerland as well. Basel won pretty easily, and Zurich put up a really good show. And I thought against Arsenal, I thought they looked fine. You know, better than better than they have been in the league. Yeah, Spain three wins from three, but. None of them were super typical, impressive. Yeah. Except for Sociedad. Yeah. yeah. Even then, I didn't think Sociedad played win, super well. But yeah, the result itself is yeah. very, very good. Uh, France, I think, is my winner. Though, Nice drew Cologne, which I think is a good result for them. Keeps them kind of Fine. competing for the top of the group. Uh, all three of their teams in the Europa League won, which, for me, sets them apart from everyone else. Indeed, some tough atmospheres, too, with Monaco yeah. going to Red Star. Notoriously tough place to play. Nantes without the pedigree. Um, winning and the other one, Ren. 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 Another road result, even though you know they didn't play as well. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, so who lost today? Do you think? Yeah. So I think the nominees for who lost today they're going to be England, uh, United lost, and West Ham and Arsenal were just like slightly disappointing. Also, the Queen died. So like, <laughs> rough yeah, day for the tough Prince. day. Tough day for him. Uh, on a similar vein, Scotland is in here because Hearts got absolutely killed, and the mm -hmm. Queen died. And the queen died. Yeah. Uh, Sweden. Technically one of them still. Yeah. Yeah. Technically Scotland's queen as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sweden, Drew Shamrock, and Law and uh, lost to Braga. Mm -hmm. Two results for them. Uh, Cyprus, despite us kind of hyping them up, they only managed to draw against Badus today. And AK, AK looked decent, but they lost as well. So AK and Ammonia both losing and a Poland getting a draw against mm -hmm. Badus, not the Can best. Can Cyprus uh, still ride high? Yeah. We've been riding them so high, they had their first bad day. Uh, and then the final nominee is Italy. Fiorentina held to a really embarrassing draw. Roma with probably the second most embarrassing defeat in club history after maybe some of the results from last year. <laughs> uh, and then Lazio kind of saving Italy with a really impressive performance against Feyenoord. Frankly, despite the Lazio performance, I think you cannot avoid Italy just because Roma and Fiorentina were so disappointing. I, I think they're dragging them into the mud here. I definitely agree with you, I think. Cyprus is maybe a close second. But yeah. just because of the pedigree, they should be... Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we've just about done it. Do you have any final takeaways before we let the people go? This was a long one, but so much good action to talk about. Yeah, I think the big takeaway is that you have to take every opponent in the group stages seriously. Roma didn't, and they lost. Villarreal and West Ham both kind of rotated a little bit, and they struggled a lot to get the result that they needed and had to sub on 
a lot of their starters in order to get that result. This ain't no Champions League shit. Crazy stuff happens down here. Yeah, you're not going to get... This is why we're doing this. You're not going to come up against a team like Man City versus Sevilla, where it's a cakewalk regardless of who you play. Even though Sevilla <laughs> shouldn't be decent. <laughs> it should be so much Oh, and they can't oh. even... Oh. But that was that was hard to watch that one. Even teams like Shamrock and Sheriff from these really small countries, they know how to play and how to frustrate these big teams and can especially get especially teams you at that level who are now used to playing at this level of Europe, yeah. who you know are coming against bigger, up against bigger clubs, but might even have more experience. Makes for very interesting dynamics. It's why we do it. It's why we're doing what we love. It's why we love Real this conference league any given Thursday. We'll see you next week for more match previews of match week two. Until then. Cheers to the gaffer. Cheers.